iTunes presents Meet the Filmmaker at the Apple Store. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the Apple Store. Soho, how are we doing tonight? We've got about 13 woos over here and scattered applause on this side. We're going to try that one more time. How are we doing tonight? There we go. Nice. Awesome. That's the excitement we want. We're excited, too. Are you ready for a good event? Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Nicole Kidman, Aaron Eckhart, and this evening's guest moderator, Peter Travers of Rolling Stone. Okay. Are you ready to sing? No, 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 no. Uh, Nicole is the producer of Rabbit Hole, which means that she calls all the shots. So Kind of. Kind of, yeah. But I just want to say, starting it, nobody saw anything but the trailer because they can't see it yet. They have to wait till December 17th. But in, in my role as a movie critic, I always find that when people ask me what a movie critic does, I say, we come into the war after the war is over and then shoot the wounded. And... <laughs> This, this is a movie where I don't have to shoot anybody. Yeah. Oh, good. It's good. See, it's a relief. But I want to know what drew both of you to this material, to Rabbit Hole. What got you to say, first of all, you as the producer, I have to do this. I have to make this play into a movie. And then convince this gentleman that he had to be Howie. Um... I, I mean, I, I just responded immediately to the material. I read the, a review of it in um, the New York Times. I was um, in Tennessee at the time, and I asked my producing partner to go and see the play because I, um, I couldn't get on a plane and see it in time. So he, um, he went and saw it and um, sent, sent me a copy of the play, and I read it, and we, we then approached David Lindsay Abair, who wrote it, to option the option the material and I think I just it's such a um it's so beautifully written and I and and the um the roles were so strong which is rare and it's about a family and I just I I respond I just responded immediately and luckily enough the rights were still available because it is such difficult subject matter um, I don't, you know, there hadn't been a lot of studios knocking down his door trying to get the material. So it, it, we were able to um, offer him the chance to write the screenplay, the playwright, and that was the, that was the thing that sold him on giving it to us. So. And then you said it had to be Aaron. It had to be Aaron. I did. <laughs> I wanted Pitt, him. I'm not interested in talking to you. Uh, you know, huh? yes, this is Aaron's part. I, I mean... Yeah, we, it, truly, yes. truly. Come on. There was, um, there was really only one person to play Howie um, who I wanted and, and John Cameron Mitchell, when he came on as director, said, listen, I really think that, you know, we, we should approach Aaron Eckhart. And I was like, oh, my God, that's who I've been thinking of. Um, and we approached him and he, and he responded, but we had to have a conversation on the phone. So, you know... We didn't have the financing at the time, and oh, so it was basically we have no money. That's what attracted you to it. Yeah, I mean in Hollywood, uh, 
Yeah. You, you're the you're the only one means that you couldn't get those other guys before them and then so send them not money. true. I, I've I've come to grips with that. I was very happy to be in the film uh, and to get a phone call from Nicole. I remember I was um, at home and uh, Nicole called no, me. No, you up. weren't at oh, home. Oh, I was in Puerto Rico. Yes. Yeah. Um, <laughs> well, where's your home? My home is where my Nicole calls me, and uh, and uh, you know, like Nicole said, it was I'm a huge Nicole fan, and now I'm a bigger Nicole fan. Uh, after having worked with her, because she's an amazing actor, and now she's producing it. It's a role of a lifetime. It's a movie of a lifetime. And so I thought, how often do you get to be in a husband and, a husband and wife relationship with an actor this good, with material this good? Um, and so I, I did it. It didn't sound like you had to do too much persuading. He I, was ready I didn't have to, to do, do a lot of persuading, but um, because we, really we just talked about the roles. We talked about... Um, what what we thought um, it was about, and what we hoped the film could be, and um, but then I did have to go and try to raise the money, and that's um, that's you know that's hard. It's hard with this kind of material, and it had just happened that there'd been the huge crash, and it was a time when people did not want to invest in um, in films, let alone films like this, and it took it actually took a long time to 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 raise it. And, so, and we had to do it very, very lean. You know. Were there weapons involved in your persuading people to do this? I mean, what, what um, finally had to happen? There was a lot of, uh, no, there was just a <laughs> lot of begging. There was a lot of um, promises. And, and, um, and then we really, on, we didn't raise what, as much as we wanted. So then we just went, okay, how, how can we reapproach this and slash it even more and try to, and and strangely enough, I would I would not make this film for with, with anything any more money now, because um, we were able to. I, I think you work within your means, you know, and um, and we were able to do it. It was the perfect amount of money to make it, and it was you know less than five million dollars. So, Aaron, when you're making a movie and you're playing a married couple and you're new working with each other to do this. And this is difficult because you have to, this is a movie about grief, about people dealing with losing a child. And it's eight months after the loss of this child. So what the two of you need to do is suggest the marriage as it was before so that we can sense that loss. How do you manage to work together? Did you have a rehearsal period? where you could do this or did you just jump in? We had a couple days of palling around and talking and eating lunch and uh, with the director and the writer, which was nice. Mm -hmm. um, you know, you can never really have too much rehearsal in my opinion, but uh, um, that's where the cast came in. You know, um, it just was a great cast, very professional, and we all gave each other permission to be our characters. You know, married people, um, um, fight, they love, they touch, they, they make each other mad, um, they get in each other's faces. And, and you both did this at dinner no, during I, the first meeting. I, no, I mean, not, <laughs> not, not, not too far off, though. I mean, uh, I tried to make it for myself to feel comfortable to get right into to Nicole's space. To I always say to be able to touch her, to um, not answer her, to be rude to her, to be funny, to whatever I wanted to do so that she could... And it's really annoying, I know, but... <laughs> Um, he still seems happy over it. It's like <laughs> I could see it in his face. It's, no, but it wouldn't work any time. other way. Mm -hmm. you know? Yeah, and there has to be 
an enormous comfort level with each other. And then in a film like this, you have to take that away in a way. So there has to be the next layer, which is we're very comfortable with each other. We've been married for 10 years and now we're going through this um, and we're completely wrenched apart. You know, we're, we're very isolated. And that's, you know, that, that sort of stuff is so detailed and it takes... Um, almost like a tacit agreement between the actors where you just say you can do be say anything and I and I will dance with you on all of it I look at the both of you and both of you make choices as actors that other agents or managers would they would create interventions they would say you're doing what you know you're doing fur you're <laughs> <laughs> you're doing birth, you're doing a uh, towel head, you know, why is that, wh why are you doing that when I can put you in another Batman movie and everything will be okay and you could be two-faced? What drives the both of you to not follow the form and to not play it safe? I don't even think of it like not playing safe or I, I just, my, I respond to things and I'm very spontaneous and there's um, things inside me that I still have not explored and when something comes along that, that grabs me, then I, I don't even think about it. I, 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 I hate overanalyzing. I hate putting too much thought into a choice and if I do, then I know it's, it's probably not... I'm probably going to end up saying no because the whole point of, for me, of um, a body of work is that it's a vast array of ideas, um, characters, emotions, stories. I'm not interested in the same thing twice. Um, and I don't know how to do the same thing twice. And I love things that um, are controversial. Mm -hmm. I just do. <laughs> I like, I, I, I'm not scared of that. And I think probably I grew up in a family where there was an enormous amount of debate and discussion and we were allowed to agree to differ and all of those sort of things. And so I'm comfortable with that. Do you feel the same way? I, I yeah, and I know, I know this about Nicole too, is that I just love to act. And that's what I dreamt of doing when I was a kid, when I couldn't get any work, you know? And this is who I wanted to work with. and. Um, you know, so every time I want to, you know, sit sit quiet and wait for Chris Nolan to call me, which <laughs> I am. <laughs> um, you know, in between those times, you know, I'll try to go out and do. I don't have enough discipline to sit at home and wait for the perfect thing. There's also another thing is like, you know, when you're coming up and you're early in your career, you have your heroes. You know, everybody points to Brando, Pacino, De Niro, and um, you know, I looked at Jack Lemmon's filmography and I said. You know, how do I want to live my life and my career? Do I want to have 10 perfect films that I think are perfect and I don't want any bad ones in there? Or do I want Jack Lemmon and Walter Matthau's filmography, God bless, not comparing myself to them, I'm saying, do I want 150 films by the time I'm dead and have 150 experiences and work with different actors? And so that's why I choose pretty much willy-nilly whatever um, comes my way. Yes, a, a movie that's dramatic in this way and emotional also has humor in it. It was written by David Lindsay Hebert in a way that humor becomes a part of a healing process for people to move on. So why, well, but why is that so essential? Not only it, when you're putting a movie together or a play together, but to living. 
You know, why is it so important that you can do that in the face of any kind of a tragedy? Because it's real, because it's true, because how we release, I think, is through tears, but also through laughter. And it's a release, it's an energy release. And also in terms of a film, in filmmaking, you need places for the audience to breathe because you can't just perpetually um, have the, like the, the scene you saw prior. You can't have a whole film be like that. It doesn't work that way. So, and I think that's where John Cameron Mitchell actually has, w was such a, such a gift to this film because he has a wonderful sense of humour, but it's a compassionate sense of humour. Um, he's, um, he's not nasty in his humour. And this film, um, the, the humour comes from, from, a play, from a very human place. It's very warm. Um, and you, can, you have moments where you can, where you can laugh. And that's good. And we should say uh, a word about Diane Weist, who's so spectacular in this movie. Um, we were so lucky to get her because she, um, she's, she's very shy, Diane, thus she's not here tonight. Um, and, but I've known her for a long time. And, uh, and she had another, thing, another film she was doing, and, and she said, if you can schedule it correctly, then, then, then I will do this for you. I'll play your mother. And I loved having her as my mother. <laughs> and that scene, actually, some of those lines in there are, are ad-libbed and it just kind of grew. You weren't allowed to ad-lib where you weren't. Well, the no, no, come on. I, you I'm can not admit that, it. I don't have that power. No. But um, <laughs> luckily, we, uh, uh, the script was just really beautiful uh, and had everything. You know, sometimes you don't want to mess with that. It's, it was economical, lean, and yet poignant and right to the... So um, no need to ad-lib. You are working not only with this actress, who's formidable, but you're working with her as a producer. That means that she can turn around and say, what was I thinking when I hired you? <laughs> or words to that effect. Now, how was that, though? What was the experience of doing Well, it's it? tricky because you want to create a, you know, an, a, an atmosphere of trust on the set you know, and be able to say and do anything to Nicole, but you have to figure out which Nicole you're talking to. <laughs> Are you talking to the actor or the producer? Mm. You know, and I, my, my trailer wasn't as big as I liked. And we didn't have trailers. <laughs> and I had to share a bathroom with Nicole, which upset me on my first day. <laughs> it did. And I didn't know who to talk to. I saw he said, I, he did I went say. to the producer and I said, Nicole, you know. No, I, he came up to me and he said, Who do, which producer do I talk to around here about my blow up bed? Yeah, my Because blow up we did, bed. we had blow up beds because we couldn't afford beds and you know those things. So, and who'd ever blown up his bed that morning had only put a little bit of air in it. <laughs> <laughs> I had not blown up the bed, it hadn't gotten that bad. Um, but. Uh, <laughs> But it was, um, yeah. So he would, he would, a very good he would tease me yeah. about that. But the catering was very good, no, wasn't every, it? Yeah, it was very good. Yeah. The catering. Um, Were you forced to cook? <laughs> no. <laughs> no, we I had, we had great. We actually had an amazing crew. We had a lot yeah. of um, interns. We had a lot of people that just um, were were just out of film school so they were on the set and that that's an incredible energy to have on a set because they're excited and they're um they laugh and they're also 
in a place of wanting to learn. So they're very um, reverential in a way. They, they, they listen. They think, And it was just a lovely, lovely crew. We had a great DP. So. Another thing, if, as, if you're having the star as a producer, I mean, Nicole is absolutely committed to her performance and the performance of everybody else. So, you know, it's, it's, you, know you have somebody who understands performance and uh, makes the whole film about per perform performance. So the atmosphere on the set was right where it needed to be. You know, it was a very, despite the subject matter, it was a very calm, um, uh, kind set. And uh, we, we joked around when, when it was appropriate. And um, on the days that, you know, we had to come in and really give it, um, the crew was right there with us. You know, Nicole was the, um, along with John, uh, but, you know, really set the tone for the set. And that was really helpful for me as an actor because, um, you know, uh, it was understood by everybody that this was a performance-based film. How long did you have to shoot this where Aaron was sleeping on his blow-up bed? I mean, how, how many days did you have? 28. 28. Yeah. yeah. And that was just so. right, you know. Yeah, we could have had a few extra days to explore some more um, and not feel the pressure of it, but the, pre the pressure can be good as well. And the other thing I have to say about a set, which uh, it's so important that it's sacred, you know, because what goes on on a set really should only stay on the set and 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 that's very much the crew and and the cast because i mean to get to certain emotions and and recently i've seen stuff where people have recorded conversations of actors and, and and release them on the internet and everything and i'm just like oh my gosh please don't go there because all the thing that, that comes together to make a film, you can't explain. I mean, in the same way that if you're doing a painting or, you know, people are in a studio making music, however it comes together, that should, that should stay um, protected. How, how it gets there onto the screen, into the, on, onto an album, should stay protected. It always has in our history. And it's so, so dangerous if that gets um, now broken out and, and not... And not not held yeah all right we Take have a microphone over. raise your hand we'll come to you we're going to stick to questions about acting the film all that good stuff this gentleman right here hi uh first of all i'm a big fan of you both um but uh i just want to know um this film has been attracting a lot of awards attention and i want to know if, if th is that anything you think about while you're making the film does that ever cross your mind about awards um, no, because you're so sort of, you know, this took four years to get made and um, I think it's just like, oh, I hope we're going to get to the end of the shoot and then we've got to get into the editing room. I mean, there's, there's so many steps to making a film and as you, get, as you get through one step, then the next one looms. So it's more about just um, wanting to hope that it all coagulates, hope that it all comes together and that it works. Um, let alone awards, which is a whole other echelon, you know. It's just hoping that it will work as a story. You agree with... Uh, Absolutely. I mean, awards, uh, you know... Uh, I mean, it, it is nice because then people are more aware of the film. But uh, when you're making the movie, you're just trying to get through the day. Third row here on your left. Uh, hi guys. Um, first of all, this movie looks phenomenal. So congratulations. I'm. This is. It looks amazing. 
Um, secondly, the uh, the a the actor Miles Teller, who plays the character of Jason, he's actually a close friend of mine. Um, I was wondering what it was like to work with someone who's so fresh off the boat, since he's never he's never been in a in a feature film before. So, yeah, a little curious about that. I was really protective of him because there's something about someone when they first walk onto a set and they haven't really done anything. And, and um, at the same time, I knew he had an enormous amount of the character in him, already in him. And so I didn't want him to feel like he had to act. And so John and I actually had a conversation about keeping him away from the set for as, as much of the film as we could and only coming to the set when he had to work. And I really tried not to have too many conversations with him or get to know him because I wanted there to be um, this strange, awkward, but, but um, comforting um, feeling between us. And, and I wanted him, you can see him, he blushes in the scene and it's absolutely so hard to do and it's exquisite when it happens and he does it in the film so he's a very smart kid and he's uh, got an excellent personality um, uh, and uh, you know it's funny because I don't know how old Miles is but he's pretty young you know uh, he's 23 to be that good and that um, sure of himself and you know uh, at that age is is remarkable and uh, he was composed, he was um, prepared, very professional, and uh, really went for... I didn't work with him as, as Nicole did, but on my one day that I did work with him, uh, I was very impressed with him. Right over here, the extreme far side of the stage. Hi. Um, as a mom, I was thinking about the topic area and I wondered it seems like both of you very much inhabit the roles that you're playing and was that a scary place to go I, I, Nicole I know you have beautiful children was that hard to really go there and think about the loss of children yeah yeah it, um, agonizing but at the same time I so believed in the story and I've gone to places in different ways in different films that are so, I mean, deep within me and, and very, very painful. But that's part of what we're asked to do as actors at times, not always, but at times. And I believe in honouring that and honouring the, the truth of a story and of the work. And, um, and I'm, I suppose that I'm used to it. I've been acting since I was 14. And so I'm now 43. And um, that's a long time. And I've learned how to navigate through many different emotions and, and live in a sort of a limbo at times when you're, at, when you're performing. And all the different things that go into making up uh, a career, you know, that are... But I don't run away from things. I tend to walk through them, into them. <laughs> so... All right, we have time for two more questions right here, right in front of you. I have a question about the director and um, how he came on board. Um, if there was anything from his previous projects that you wanted him to bring to this film, and as uh, for both of you guys, what um, what did you uh, learn from him, or if there's anything uh, you got from him? I'll answer the second part of that question. Um, and I've we've talked about this before. How John very sensitive. Um, John has a 
uh, connection to this material that um, is very personal. Um, and he uh, knows, he's an actor himself, and so he knows how to speak to actors, he knows how to create the environment um, uh, that works best. He protected us, which was wonderful, you know, because sometimes the crew wants to speed something up or slow something down or whatever it is, make too much noise, or, and he protected us and we were secure. We could always go to John, he was always right there. He wasn't behind a monitor, he was right there with us. Um, he was crying, he was laughing. Um, very encouraging. Uh, so um, f that's everything for an actor, you know, because you put yourself out there and, you know, you try to do your best and, um, you know, you're vulnerable as an actor uh, because you want to you perform well. And, um, and John really created an environment where we could shine and be together as, as a group. He really, I felt like, uh, put us together in intimate surroundings and, and made us a family of sorts. And we should say, in case uh, anybody isn't sure, that this we're talking about John Cameron Mitchell of uh, Hedvig and the Angry Inch fame and Short Bust doing it. And I did facetiously ask if he directed as Hedvig, <laughs> which was really wrong of me. So I apologize for that. But naughty. still, it was naughty. That was all it was. <laughs> but how did you feel about that with him? I mean, you're, you're yeah. looking at him and choosing him because you've responded to something in meeting him. I actually just, before I met him, I, I spoke to him on the phone, and that's when we offered him the film, over the phone. Um. See? <laughs> All you fledgling directors, it's just <laughs> get those numbers and get Aaron's number in Puerto Rico, and you're in. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, but for, it truly was one of those things where I just felt I liked him, and I felt that he had an immediacy with this material due to what had happened to him when he was a young boy. He lost his brother. Um, and he... I just, I'd, I'd seen his other films, which in no way would say, oh my gosh, this should be, this is the right director for this, <laughs> for this material when you see um, them. But I did see, what I did see was somebody who had raw, um, bold talent. And that, I believe, with that sort of talent, you can do so many things. And it's not right to um, pigeonhole somebody. So I wanted to give him the chance. Indeed. Okay. Question right here again in front of you. Hey, um, yeah. Both of you have a really established acting careers, but uh, this, I think, is one of your first films, if not the first, that you're producing. Uh, so where would you like to see your career go in conjunction with your acting and your producing? And I guess for Aaron, uh, would you possibly consider doing producing someday? Uh, no. <laughs> As a producer, I suppose, uh, I mean, it's wonderful that I have another film coming out that we produce, but I'm not in it, um, called Monte Carlo, and that comes out um, next year. Um, but that's three young girls, and it's, um, it's, a, it's a comedy, so very different. But I just like taking material that I feel really strongly about and kind of um, slowly, gently letting it evolve and find its way with optioned a book called Little Bee, which I don't know if anyone's read it here, but it's a wonderful book. Um, it's, it's difficult to turn it into a screenplay, and we're taking, you know, we're working on that. It's probably going to take about three or four years because <laughs> that seems to be the tra trajectory of these things. Um, you can't rush them. But isn't so it I'm true you're doing the producing often because you are trying to protect and get 
material done that wouldn't otherwise be done, that yeah. you have to just lift it up yeah. by yourself and make it happen. Yeah. I mean, I'm not... I, I mean, I'm just not someone that would go and, and find the next huge, you know, big yeah. franchise movie. It's just... I don't have that in me. But I, I can find stories that I hope are... You know, there is a, there is a place for them in the world and there is, a, there is an audience for them, so... Well, I speak for everyone, I'm sure, to thank you both for finding this one. So. Thanks for coming. Well, thank you. I, I believe you'll all join me in saying thank you one more time, guys. Aaron Eckhart, Nicole Kidman. The film Rabbit Hole, New York and L.A., December 17th. And then we'll expand on Christmas Day. Also, don't forget the Meet the Filmmaker podcast. It will be available for free on the iTunes store. There's this one and many others up there already, and you are a part of the action. So remember that. And last but not least, of course, apple.com forward slash Soho for all our upcoming events. We always appreciate you guys coming out here. Keep thinking of us. We'll keep thinking of you. Take care and have a wonderful weekend. <laughs>